the Play-by-Play -play Network, I'm Joe Leo. I cannot wait for the Brooklyn Soap Opera to finally end. With Monday being media day for the 22-23 NBA season, season two of the Barely Happy in Brooklyn premiered. Following a turbulent summer, including a trade request from the best player on the team, a pre-free agency parade for the second best player on the team, and a phony staring contest involving the coach and the GM, we now get to focus on basketball. Because that's how this all works. Let's just pretend that the summer didn't exist. Pretend like Kevin Durant wasn't unhappy with the way that the team was run, or that Kyrie Irving didn't flirt with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers for a week, and that Steve Nash and Sean Marks were on the hot seat following an ultimatum that Durant gave owner Joe Tsai. We're all supposed to believe that a dinner in LA between Nash, Marks, Tsai, Durant, and Rich Kleiman, Durant's business partner, fixed an entire summer on page six instead of being on the back page of signing key free agents or out of the papers altogether. No, we're supposed to focus on, quote, championship culture, end quote, and winning the organization's first title since Dr. J Dawn in New York Nets jersey. As much as I would love to forget the past summer and believe that, that it was a fever dream following the euphoric dreams that ensued during July 1st, 2019, I cannot. I would love to blindly root for this team all the way to the finals and be first in line at the parade. But what I can't do is shake the feeling that the best two out of three players the Nets have ever seen in franchise history will be lacing up their sneakers for another team before New Year's 2023. Since the two have signed on the dotted line back in 19, drama has followed at every turn. From firing the established coach, to injury news, to trades, plural, for disgruntled superstars, to vaccination statuses, and of course, a blindsiding trade request. All I can think about for the 22-23 Nets season is that the entire experience with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving has more days in the past than it does in the future. And I'm watching with my hands over my eyes, waiting for the nightmare to be over. The Play-By-Play -play Network, I'm Joe Leo. You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast, recording this Tuesday, September 27th. Two things right off the bat. A, happy belated birthday to my dad. It was his birthday yesterday. And happy B, birthday. Shana Tova to anyone celebrating. Uh, Morgan's actually downstairs on Zoom services right now. So again, Shana oh, Tova uh, and Happy Yom New Kippur? Year. It's uh, Rosh Hashanah. Which, ah, yes, okay. It, so second day of Rosh Hashanah. And uh, in the football world, it's the end of week three. Yes. And, and this podcast is brought to you by A&W Root Beer. Maybe one day. I, I'll actually, I'll get the shout outs I said to Nick before we got on. Um, you know, I was going to give two shout outs at the end of the show, but shout out to begin the show, one of the Stu Leonard's and Yonkers for the coffee I'm uh, consuming right now to get me through yes. the day. Proud future partner of the show. And uh, local, locally for, for Nick and I, will used to be local for Nick, the uh, great Soon's Orchard with some, oh, hell yeah. with some cider. And uh, they, I actually had some granola and a parfait this morning, which it was tremendous. So shout out to uh, to Soon's up in the 845. There, I might as well shout um, shout the local place out as well. So uh, if you're in Nashville, 
if you're on 12th Avenue South, right down by the, uh, the I Believe in Nashville mural, uh, not only is Reese Witherspoon's clothing store there, which is pretty wild that Reese Witherspoon owns a clothing store and that it's just in this little hole in the wall place, but also White Vice and coffee, excellent coffee and excellent sweet tea right across the street. I'll give one more. I, I think I gave it gave it out last week, but Valkyrie Coffee in Goshen as well in the 845. Oh, Dakota yeah, over there, tremendous human being and makes a great cup of coffee. But let's get the, let's get the show on the rails. Let's, let's talk about the cup of coffee last night that Cooper Rush got. Oh, man. Speaking of uh, of that Monday night game, I want to start with with Daniel with uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Yes, Big Stones Jones. Well, he needed some Big Stones because he was running for his damn life yesterday behind that Giants offensive line. The talk in this town has been, oh, the Jets offensive line is so bad. Well, the Jets offensive line looks like the Great Wall of China compared to the Swiss cheese that the Giants offensive line was. Oh, it was a disaster. You know, and and terrible. We, 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 I, you know, I talked about last week, Micah Parsons is a great player, but the Cowboys are not a great defense. You know, I felt like he really carries them. I take it back. They've got playmakers on mm-hmm. like pretty much all over this defense. Diggs is good. You know, Diggs is kind of hit or miss as they were alluding to in the broadcast yesterday. But Demarcus Lawrence played a good game, unfortunately got hurt. You know, Parsons, of course, was all over the field mm-hmm. making plays. They've they've got some some real talent on this Cowboys team and you know Daniel Jones it's just uh, once again the Giants say they they always have problems with the offensive line I don't know what it is (laughs) but they've just they just do not address it ever and it's 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 mind-blowing that the same you know he he didn't have any time to throw you know he had he and and the receivers are too young and and too new in this system to be able to bail him out as consistently as they needed to. Well, you know, one guy's starting... not, and that's Kenny Galladay. Yes, well, Kenny Galladay is is another batter, but Kenny Galladay. Anybody, and I don't there. I don't think there was a single Giant fan defending Kenny Galladay, but Kenny Galladay did himself no favors last night, dropping two balls, and really being like. A non-factor. I mean, it was a disaster. I mean, when when especially after the week that he had with all the comments he made, show up. He didn't show up. When you're one of the highest paid players on this team, at a position of big importance in today's NFL, wide receiver position, you can't be getting outplayed by David Sills, who's an undrafted rookie who who used to play quarterback at West Virginia. And Richie James, who has come off the street to be a productive receiver. And, and he Kenny Gollett. He was a special teams guy for San Francisco last year. He, his only job was to uh, catch punts and kicks on the kickoffs. Like he right. was a punt returner and a kick returner. That was his right. only job. Now and now he's, he's outplaying. Receiver. Now he's outplaying a supposedly elite receiver. Right. Former so, elite receiver. If you're going to make those comments, I should be playing no matter what, you know, I'm the highest paid player, all that. Show up. Have a better earn game. it. You gotta earn because your money. That well, think about all the, the big elite receivers when they're unhappy. 
They go to the press and they make all this noise. But then the next game, they show up and prove that they can make all the noise because they make plays. Kenny Galladay doesn't make plays. So what are we talking about here? You know, Daniel Jones is not the problem right now. It's the offensive line. That's the biggest problem the Giants have. If they if they had any offensive line yesterday instead of turnstiles, they would be three and zero. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah, I um we I I, I want to preface this by saying that I don't think Daniel Jones is the solution. Either, no, I don't either. You know, but. He was for all the for all the talk in the Twitter sphere about oh this is why you can't win with Daniel Jones you know <laughs> Giants fools gold again this is not that situation the offensive line did him no favors you know Kenny Galladay did him no favors Sterling Shepard had a couple drops yeah I, was, I, I want was, to get the Shepard but we'll we'll save that from from a minute from now but yes but. The, there, there are some good things you can hang your hat on too. Uh, Barkley, another great game. Mm-hmm. Touchdown, 81 yards rushing, uh, 40 more through the air, I believe. He I had believe the big so, catch. Yeah. Would have had more, but the one big run that he had was wiped out by a penalty. So, you know, I, I'm not, you're getting, we've been discussing it every week so far. You're finally getting what you paid for with this guy. He's having the best season of his career for three games He's on pace for the best season of his career. And the other thing, the other takeaway is, is this defense looks like a real defense. Yeah. You know, there was, they're young, they're making mistakes. There's some offsides penalties and there's some, some, you know, missed tackles, but they've got real talent, you know, like Davidson was flying over the field. The secondary is, can't stop cd lamb apparently but they well, were no, able to not, stop not some many people, people can but no not many people can and and the linebackers look good too it, yeah the, the two that they play the the defense actually looks like it's bought in it's flying around i thought Kayvon thibodeau was tremendous last night in his first game in the nfl yes he was as advertised i like this team the only problem is they can't block. And when you can't block with a serviceable quarterback, you can't win football games. That's what the no. Giants did in the first two games. They blocked. They stayed in the game. This game was competitive all the way throughout, but you need to be able to give – in order to see what Daniel Jones is and for him to prove it to you, whether or not he's the quarterback of the future, again, Nick and I don't believe he is, and there's a lot of people in this town that don't believe he is, but – if he's going to give you a shot to prove it to you, he needs time. And he was running like a madman yesterday because he had to. <laughs> if it was Joe Flacco back there, the, the Giants wouldn't have scored a point. And you know what else? Like, if you want to see an example of what you can do with us, excuse me, if you want to see an example of what you could do with a serviceable quarterback and a good offensive line. Look at the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, that was the, they were the inverse of each other on offense. You know, Cooper rush is not a great quarterback. I I heard, I saw some articles today about, is there now a QB controversy in Dallas? Well, that's what Jerry Jones wanted. I mean, 
I don't I don't think Cooper Rush has quite done enough yet, but he's, he's undefeated he, as a starter at three and oh. I mean, he's when, undefeated when, when he's we get to five no, he's done something to, Kirk Cousins hasn't done this year, and that's win a Monday night football game on the road. When we get to when we get to him being seven and oh or eight and oh, like uh handsome Jimmy G was, then we'll we'll talk about Cooper Rush and there being a QB. QB controversy, but in, in, in all seriousness, no, this is a guy who's proven that he is, he can be a starter in this league. And yeah, and the, the, his offense, the Cowboys offensive line did him a lot of favors. They gave him plenty of time to throw. They gave him plenty of time to go through his, his progressions. Tony Pollard had a spectacular oh, he game. Was incredible. You know, so it's the Cowboys are, are, we were talking about last week about the Giants might be a top 10 team. Maybe the Cowboys are a top 10 team. They look really good. They did look good. One more giant note. Um, I feel bad for Sterling Shepard. I mean, he was jogging. It wasn't like he was dead sprint or he was making a cut. He was lightly jogging down the sideline at MetLife yesterday. And from the early reports this morning, he's got a torn ACL. Yeah, it's just it, a, it's just a, such a shame with him, you know, to the all the is, injuries that he's suffered through. And that was, I mean, it's a non-contact injury, and that's like the third or fourth in three years that's been caused by the MetLife turf. This, this has been a problem for a long time. And for the Maras and the Johnson family, to just sit idly by, something needs to change. You need you need to at least look at this and address it because before it was opposing teams, you know, saying, oh, well, the turf's not right and our players are getting hurt because of it. Well, now a giant is hurt because of it. And it wasn't like it was a significant play. He was, right. he was doing what you and I can do. It wasn't some incredible feat of athleticism. He was jogging down the sideline and he gets hurt. It's tragic. Something needs to change. I, I, I can't believe that with all the information they've had over the last few years that they haven't looked into changing this turf. Right. At, at least looked into it. Not even. That's what the NFL has been saying for all this time is, oh, we're, we're doing so much stuff to better the safety of the field with, the, with all this turf and, and all the, the data that we have. Well, mm-hmm. clearly that data is not being implemented at MetLife. Right. No. So that's the last giant note. Pip, switching back to uh, the Cowboys really quickly. For everyone saying that the, uh, the pickings catch from Thursday and the C.D. Lamb catch from last night were on par with Odell. First, stop. Uh, I'll cut you off right there. Yes. Not, that's, that, that is not a fact. That is a lie. OBJ potentially is the greatest catch in the history of football, I like right. No, you're not going to see that again. That C.D. Lamb catch, I stood up in my seat at work yesterday. It was tremendous. It was a great catch. But to say that that was OBJ esque, stop yourself. That's just that's just uh, America's team, you know, <laughs> talking. You know what I mean? Like, but it it is incredible, isn't it? That arguably the two greatest catches in NFL history are both by Giants. And Kyrie both and happened, OBJ. Yeah, and both happened during the Eli era within like six years of each other. 
the the helmet catch will never happen again just because physics. I don't know how the hell David Tyree did that. The OBJ right. catch might be impersonated, but never duplicated. Yes. And picking well, the, the Tyree was just a, a, a freak occurrence on every cylinder. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the fact that, that Eli escaped three different people trying to bring him down and, and threw it. The fact that it wobbled in the air and the fact that he caught it on his helmet. The it's, best it's, part about that play, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. The best part about that play is Eli stumbles out of that pile like a drunk out of a bar fight. Yes. <laughs> That's the best part move. of it. So last thing on the Cowboys here. We touched it, we we touched on it uh, a few minutes ago. Cooper Rush. Yes. He impressed me. He really did. And I guess Jerry Jones is walking back from New York because he said, you know, I'd walk to New York if Cooper Rush plays well. Well, he flew to New York. I mm-hmm. guess he's got to walk back like uh, that Pirates announcer did. In uh, like the 80s, he walked back oh, yeah. from Philly to Pittsburgh, and um, that was a hell of a trip. It, we'll see Jerry in five years walking back from uh, from New York. But... Yeah, at his age, I, I think he's going to have to make a lot of pit stops. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Cooper Rush played well, and he did. There is definitely going to be some talk in Dallas this week of a controversy because. It came out last night that Dak's a week or two away. He's not the the six to eight weeks was a little bit facetious in, in the diagnosis, and um, the Dak is apparently like a ridiculous healer, and he's he was working out last night before the game. Jerry Jones said after the game that he's a week or two away. So I know you don't lose your job to injury as you know zach wilson can attest to it when he comes back with the jets but if cooper rush is undefeated still as a starter by the time that dak prescott comes back do you think about it i mean you i you have to right i mean they lost the one game with dak and have won the both the games with cooper rush if if let's say he comes back in in we're going into week four let's say he comes back ready to go week six and they're four and one right you know cooper rush has won all four of his games you have to think about it you have to think about going with the hot hand because it's not like it's not like a zach wilson situation where dak is in his second year and you've invested (laughs) this this high draft pick into him and you've built the team around like dak's an older quarterback at this point he's what 30 yeah he's in his early 30s you know, it's not not old, old. It's not like a, a but it, like a, it's not like Joe Flacco. Right. No, but you have to think about it. I mean, Cooper Rush is young. He's cheap. Yeah. You know, if you were to test the waters on a DAC trade, you'd be you'd be able to get a haul for him. You have to think about it. That would be pretty interesting. And, you know, the first domino really fell in terms of teams that need a quarterback with the Mac Jones high ankle sprain on the last play in Foxborough on Sunday. Yes. If you're Bill Belichick, do you kick the tires on Dak? I mean, I'm not saying now, but you know, Mm -hmm. 
But if Mac jo- if if Mac Jones ends up having to miss significant time, right? He he. It looks like he needs surgery on that ankle. So <laughs> if he needs surgery, that's a significant piece of the season that you're rolling with Brian Hoyer. No one Who wants believe, to roll with Brian Hoyer. Yeah, I I believe Brian Hoyer hasn't taken a snap since 2018, maybe 2019. But uh, it was definitely it, pre-pandemic because it's Bill Belichick. I'm going to say he doesn't do it just because he, he can find, he'll find like Josh Johnson off the street <laughs> and turn him into a 400 yard passer. Maybe Chris, maybe the Jets uh, preseason icon, Chris Strebler that everyone's calling for. Will, oh yeah. Uh, the, the guy, his Wikipedia picture is him in a cowboy hat and a fur coat holding the, the trophy. That one. But yeah, I mean, if you're in New Orleans, with Jameis with this back issue or Herbert with the cracked ribs, do you mm-hmm. want Chase Daniel or do you want to go for broke and say, hey, we have the pieces in place. Let's get a somewhat proven quarterback. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah, you're going to have to give up something for him. But if you win a Super Bowl, who cares? Right. So – It'd be something interesting, or maybe even Cooper Rush is on the market because if he's five and zero as an NFL starter going into Week Six, you know, with the win in Minnesota oh, last year, Cooper Rush is going to have a lot of suitors. If that's do the case. you kick the tires on Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush, I think, has a bigger market than Dak because he's younger and cheaper. I don't know, man. If you're a team like the Chargers and you're going for broke this year, what's another draft pick or two? Really, that's true. So really quickly, we'll take a break. We'll come back with things that impressed us from week two. Back after this. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout. For $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. first half we went over the Monday night game how it it impacted the NFC and potentially the NFL in terms of the quarterback controversy in Dallas potentially potentially there's nothing official Jerry has allegedly (laughs) Jerry hasn't went over the loudspeakers in Dallas and said there's officially a quarterback controversy with the Cowboys but by the way what a year for backup quarterbacks potentially playing themselves back into the starting role not well, only jimmy, is it jimmy g did himself no favors doing a dan orlovsky freedom with and he was not he was not good against the broncos but i'll tell you where he was good you know last week yeah which was technically a win for uh trey lance because trey lance started the game yes quarterback but jimmy, jimmy g stat. I'm going to say incredible winning percentage. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm a Jimmy G backer. Yes. So things that and Trey Lance me. is not the full season. Yes. 
it, I'll, I'll, let me ask you before we get into into impressive things. Let me just pitch this to you. Okay. Trey Lance is out all year. Jimmy G gets them to the the NFC Championship. Excuse me, game again. Yes. Second year in a row. What do you do? Are you still rolling with Trey Lance? No, I'm not rolling with Trey Lance because I know what I have in Jimmy G. And if he does that, Jimmy G, A, will get paid by somebody who's not the Niners because they clearly have put all the eggs in the Trey Lance basket. Mm -hmm. And B, he is going to help a franchise, maybe like Tennessee, who has been just kicking the tires in the mud and not really going anywhere or, you know, another franchise that has the talent that is just one piece away. Maybe like the giants, maybe the giants will give him some money um, instead of Daniel Jones, but maybe speaking of great quarterback play. Yes. Trevor Lawrence, who is now oh, yes, yes. tied for fourth in uh i actually i'm sorry he's fifth in mvp voting right now trevor lawrence fifth in mvp voting down from 80 to 1 at the start of the season to 50 to 1 right now so you better cash your tickets for yes. that that trevor lawrence mvp buzz but in all seriousness they went into la and beat the doors off the chargers they I mean, it destroyed them it wasn't even close you know no. And I thought with uh, Herbert being hurt that it would be a close game and Jacksonville could squeak by. I did not expect this. This was a coming out party and a statement to say, we are not a joke anymore. You think just because Urban Meyer was here last year and we haven't had a winning season in a couple of years that we're a joke, they are turning things around. I'm not they're gonna, gonna sit- They're going to win this division. I'm not going to sit here and say they will win a playoff game or or make some noise in the playoffs, but they will be a team that is not a slouch anymore. And I do think they're going to win this division. And I don't think that that's a ludicrous thing to say through three weeks. The Jaguars have been a very impressive team and perhaps the team that was overlooked by everybody. That's this year's darling. I mean, who's the competition? The Titans are struggling. The uh, the one one and one Colts are <laughs> in in limbo, and then the Texans are the you know Justin Fields those two interceptions barely cracks uh, barely cracks 150 passing yards, and the Texans still find a way to lose. So, like, what's the competition here? And you know Lawrence, after a turbulent rookie season, has looked. Every bit the part that he was supposed to be coming out of Clemson. Absolutely. And the, the defense looks good as well. You know, the, they've got real studs on this side of the ball. Obviously, Trayvon Walker, the number one pick. Right. Um, you know, James Robinson, 100 yards yesterday. Yeah, he's back. NTN has looked pretty good. Christian Kirk, everyone was clowning on him for the big contract he signed. He, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's looked like he is worth the money, but that's a comparable contract to a guy that we talked about in the first segment, yeah. Kenny, Kenny Galladay, and he's done more 
in three games than Kenny Galladay has done in two years here with the Giants. So Zay Jones had a nice game. Zay Jones had a great game on my bench. I mean, I still beat you by 40, but he had a great game. You did. Game you did. On my bench. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, 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 it, it, it's never fun to lose fantasy football. But what brings me peace, what brings me peace is that to know that there was nothing I could have done differently. You know, no. usually there's there's weeks where you lose by like 10 and you left somebody with 30 on your bench. There was nothing I could have done. I left good players on my bench, but right. the gap, it, it would the gap would not have been made up under any <laughs> circumstances. So that brings me some peace. I got the Cuzzo uh, this week, and I'm looking to, to move to three and one. But one more thing to that impressed me before we get to overreactions quickly, and that's Miami dethroning Buffalo despite the butt punt. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the Miami butt looks punt, good. The butt punt is going to go down in, in history, you know, right up there with the butt fumble. But we had two guys saying, stay off my turf. Well, Dan Orlovsky was running from the turf because he was, you know, the freedom yes. uh, with Jimmy G, but Mark Sanchez saying, Hey, stay off my turf was pretty funny. I got to ask a question real fast. And this yep. is not related to the Miami game at all, but just, so I, 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 I've been watching a lot of these games at, at the local bar at double dogs and mm -hmm. you can't really hear the announcing. So you just kind of have to watch and fill it in yourself. But they cut to the booth yesterday, uh -huh. and it's Joe Buck and Jimmy Kimmel. Is Jimmy Kimmel the Monday Night Football announcer now? No, there was some like promo for the okay. Kimmel show. I was like, but, why is he there? What? When did this happen? Yeah, that was um, that was like a halftime thing. And you're to to speak on so, uh, to to talk to somebody about announcing. All the games are on mute at work. Like I, you can't have them on in the studio. So right. I, I've watched games for the last month with no sound, and I'm used to it at this point. But yeah, Miami looked. The good. difference is that I don't hear, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't hear radio hosts in the other room. I hear, you know, every morning there's a halo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> to, the thing with uh, the thing with Tua and you know his back seizing up, and it was it a concussion. Well, I'll leave that to the NFLPA and the doctors to get involved. But Tua looked good again. And Miami is 3-0. Interesting factoid here. The two teams that are 3-0, their quarterbacks were teammates at Alabama. Yep. One relieved the other in that uh, famous national championship yeah. game. So takes two to tango. Takes two to tango, takes two to Tua, I guess. <laughs> but... Miami looks really good. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to outright win the AFC East after that win. Buffalo looked like they were just running out of gas because it was so hot in Miami. Mm -hmm. So they're lucky that they got out of Dodge without significant injury. But And they almost won the game. They almost, you know, that safety at the end of the game, they almost won the game. I was very, very nervous. I was chewing my fingernails. I was like, my, my, uh, my bold prediction of 17 and 0 still has a shot. Oh, it doesn't anymore. Well, now I can just shift it to Miami. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. 
My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. Speaking of which, let's really quickly get into uh, overreactions here. I wanted to say also, like, what really impressed me of Miami is how balanced their offense is. You know, like, they, we were talking about they have a solid run game last week. They didn't really rely on the run game at all this week. You know, Chase Edmonds was kind of not really a factor, but he, uh, two was able to spread the ball around, um, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. How do you stop both of them? River Craycraft had a couple catches. Durham <laughs> Smythe, the tight end. What a great name, River Craycraft at Durham Smythe. You know? What's your overreaction for, uh, for week three? Well, I was going to go with Jacksonville's winning the division, but I'm starting – I don't think that's an overreaction. No, that is not an overreaction in my, in my uh, estimation. No, I'm going to say that, hmm, hmm. I'm going to say Dak gets traded at midseason. Okay. And Cooper Rush starts out the rest. I'm I'm not going to get into where Dak goes, but I'm going to say they find a trade partner for Dak midseason. Cooper Rush starts the rest of the games and gets them a playoff victory. I want the music and like the the disclaimer before the NFL Network's like bold predictions segment uh-huh. for this segment because yes. this over it is a lot for entertainment purposes. I do believe a lot of these, but a lot of them are just hey, right? All, the- all of all of my overreact. I'm like with you. All of my overreactions are based in some degree of truth, but obviously embellished for you know radio effect. Yes, it's the Skip Bayless effect. Mm-hmm. My first one is Cam Newton's returning to New England. I, I, I've, I, I guess I'm the only Cam Newton fan left besides his family because I've been promoting Cam Newton getting a job now twice in three weeks on this podcast. So can we get Cam Newton back in the NFL, please? He's better I'm than sure Brian Car- Hoyer. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you know Carolina or New England would take him back. Oh, over Baker? I don't know over Baker yet, but um, definitely him in New England. My second one before, and because I have three, I will get to your second one in a minute. My second one, the Bears are going to go to the playoffs. I don't know how, because by some ludicrous, uh, I don't even know. The Bears are two and one. Yes, week one was a monsoon, and they were just a little bit better than the Niners that week. But they also won a game with Nick. You said it before. Their starting quarterback barely cracking 150 passing yards and throwing two picks, and they won the game. They play in a pretty weak division. They have they a pretty weak opposing schedule. The Bears could be a playoff team. That is my overreaction. My second overreaction. 
for week three. Okay. Do you have another one? I do. Okay. Cordero Patterson is going to lead the NFL in rushing. Ooh, that's a juicy one. I like that one. I I don't know if I'll, I I see that because Atlanta is going to be down in a lot of games that they play, but I like that one. Quickly, the Cowboys will win the NFC East. They're going to find a way to get past the Eagles. They'll find a way to get past the Eagles. I I have not been a uh, Eagles backer so far. I still don't think that the the Eagles are that good. So I'm saying Cowboys getting past mediocrity, getting into the playoffs and winning the NFC East. I like it. I like it. Nick, really quickly, I think that's a good place to, to end. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that stuff. Um, you can find me on um, all social medias at Nick Parodies, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, Facebook, TikTok, all of that good stuff. Don't friend me on Facebook. I won't add you back. <laughs> um, um, you can catch uh, at the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore for new songs and hilarious memes. For example, Adam Levine DM. <laughs> Adam Levine was good. tremendous. Thank you. Um, so I've been working on upping the meme game lately. Um, you can maybe catch me as your Uber driver if you're down here in Nashville and you're lucky. Nice. If you if you do and you do recognize me from the show, five say, star. Give a five star review, yes, sir. And uh, also, slip me some kind of a secret code message that you 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 listen to the show. I don't know what it would be, but maybe we'll come uh, up with one. We'll find one. We'll give it out yeah. next week, like the uh, daily news word of the day. We'll, we'll, Maybe like we'll... pop in and be like Cordell Patterson, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's it for me. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. I'll talk to you throughout the week and uh, be easy. All right, brother. Yes, sir. Go sounds. On this side of the corner at the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. And of course, this podcast. If you're this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast to anybody who you've seen fit. If you're new to the show, please download the show. It means more to the show than you know. Huge thanks for 7-Minute Stories and SeatGeek for sponsoring today's episode. Please, please, please be on the lookout for two articles this week. I know I've been promoting the hell out of them, but they are in the works and wrapping, wrapping, wrapping them up, just like this podcast. And they should be out sometime this week. The next podcast will be sometime on Thursday don't know if that's going up mid-morning early afternoon or in the nighttime got to correlate with jack you know because he's in wales and <laughs> i'm still here in new york so picks were okay okay not great but we're gonna we're gonna write the ship and we're gonna get rolling here soon so until then until thursday stay happy stay healthy if you're in florida please stay safe with uh hurricane ian and everything going on please please stay safe and yeah it's closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here peace